Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Let's think about DIY, do it yourself. For some of you, those initials generate great excitement. You're seeing images of potential projects right now in your imagination, aren't you? And you can hardly wait to dive into the next one. Others of you get tired just looking at those initials. To you, DIY stands for a pile of decisions and precious time that you would rather spend doing something else. That's just natural. We're all different. And those two attitudes seem to come with us into planning for homeschooling, too. Some of you much prefer having lesson plans that are already put together, so you can just open the book and go. But some of you like to build your own lessons, choose your own books, put together your own custom plan. This episode is for you do-it-yourselfers. For the rest of you, if you want open-and-go plans, we have those available. Feel free to put your feet up and follow the link in the notes to learn more about our ready-made lesson plans. But if the thought of putting together a plan for yourself excites you, let's talk about it. What I'm about to describe has helped hundreds of homeschool moms build their own customized Charlotte Mason education. We'll be looking at five steps. The key is to take one step at a time and not to skip any of them. Many of the moms who've come to me for planning help over the years realized that their previous planning attempts floundered because they were trying to jump too far too fast. Once they saw all five steps in the process, they finally got all the pieces to fit together and walked away with a plan that they could use, a plan that was designed just for their family. You see, every family is different, so every plan will be different. Beware of trying to stuff your unique family into somebody else's plan or schedule. Well, of course, you can adopt parts and collect ideas from others' schedules, but in the end, your family needs a plan that will suit this season of life, a plan made specifically for you and your children right now. So are you ready? Here are the five steps for planning your Charlotte Mason education. Step one is the big picture. Step two is your year. Step three is your term. Step four is your week. And step five is your day. Let's walk through them one by one. First, step one, the big picture. Before you get into the nitty-gritty of scheduling certain books, you need to take a step back and look at the big picture. What is it that you want to accomplish by homeschooling? What is your goal for your student? Now, that may seem like an unrelated philosophical question, but your answer to that question will affect your plans. For example, if your goal is to prepare this child for an advanced mathematics degree, that goal is going to affect the books that you choose and how much time you spend on math during the week. If your goal is to nurture your child's musical talent, 
That goal will show in the way you choose to schedule your terms and each day's routine. So right from the start, try to determine what your goals are for your homeschooled child. Your goal might be different for each child, depending on each child's needs and special interests. Or you might want to write down a set of general goals that you want to emphasize with all of your children. It's up to you but write down your goals first. After you determine what's important to you, you'll need to find out what is important to the authorities. Are there any legal requirements in your area? Are there any subjects that you are required to teach or any subjects that are required before your student can graduate? Do the research on those areas and make sure that you comply with the laws in your area. Along those same lines of planning ahead, if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, you might also want to check out college admission guidelines if college is one of your goals. Each college will probably have various specific requirements, but many of them will have similar general requirements like three or four years of science, three or four years of math, two years of foreign language, or things like that. Those of you who have young children might want to wait a few years before doing this research because the guidelines might change between now and then. After you have figured out what's important to you and what's important to others, you're ready to outline a 12-year overview. Just list all the school subjects you can think of. Since this episode is about planning your Charlotte Mason education, you'll want to be sure to include Charlotte Mason-specific subjects like picture study and dictation and nature study. Then, decide which subjects you will teach in each grade. You could get a sheet of graph paper or use your computer's spreadsheet. Put the subjects down the left in a column and then the grade numbers across the top and just put an X under each grade across from each subject that you want to teach in those grades. I'll throw in a few sample charts to illustrate what I'm talking about. The charts that are included will not be complete. They're included simply to give you an idea of how they might look. If you're listening to this episode, follow the notes to the blog post or to the video version to see the sample charts. Now, if you're following Charlotte's big picture, you will postpone formal grammar lessons until at least grade four. You'll do nature study in every grade, and you'll start dictation around grade four. Do you want to do Shakespeare every year starting in grade four? If so, mark it down. If not, mark which years you do want to include it. Now remember, the big picture is not the step in which you have to decide exactly which composers, which time periods, which science topics you're going to teach every year. No, the big picture is just to determine which subjects you plan to teach in which grades. That's all. Once you have finished outlining the subjects for each grade, you'll know where you're headed and the general direction that you're going to take to get there. And then you can start zooming in on some specifics in step two, your year. When you begin to plan for a year, 
Look at that 12-year overview and locate just the grade levels that you will have this year. See which subjects you have planned to teach in those grades. For example, if you'll have a child in grade 3, in grade 5, and grade 8. Look at the subjects that you've decided to teach in those grades. Now, I like to combine all of my children together for as many subjects as possible. It saves me a lot of time, and the children gain the benefit of learning from each other. As you plan, you'll probably want to organize your subjects into several lists. One of subjects you'll do all together as a family, and one for each child's individual work. Next, on those lists, add the topics you want to cover in each subject. Let's say you have history on your family list for this year. That's great. Which time period are you going to study? That's your topic. Or maybe you have a picture study on your family list. Great. Which artists do you want to cover? Those are your topics. So add your topics to your subjects. And then, comes the fun part, resources. After you know which topics you want to cover this year, you can select the resources you want to use to teach those topics. If you're going to focus on, say, the Middle Ages for history, make a list of books and audios and other resources that you may want to use. And here's a tip. You may want to put some Middle Ages books on your family list and other Middle Ages books on your older children's lists for them to read independently, in addition to the family books. As you look for resources, keep in mind the goals that you determined during that big picture step. How important a topic is to you will affect which resources you choose to use. If you simply want to introduce a topic, you'll select a resource that doesn't go into a lot of depth. But if you want to dig deeply into a certain topic, you'll pick a resource that gives all the details and might take a little more time to cover. The Simply Charlotte Mason Curriculum Overview Chart has links to our favorite lists of books for the various time periods, as well as resources for enrichment subjects feel free to scour those lists for book suggestions. You can also search the Book Finder part of our CM Organizer for suggestions from other homeschool parents. In that free database, you can search by topic, time period, keyword, author, grade level, and more. Once you have your resources selected, it's time to move on to step three, planning your term. Now, one of the most common problems moms have when planning is that they try to jump directly from their year plan to their daily schedule. But I've found it a lot easier to make that move in smaller steps rather than one big jump. So first, break up your year into three sections. Charlotte Mason called them terms. If you would rather call them something else, that's fine, but at least you'll know what I'm talking about when I refer to terms. Since most school years cover about 36 weeks, it's easy to divide those 36 weeks into three 12-week terms. So grab a sheet of paper and make three columns on it and label them Term 1, Term 2, Term 3. 
Next, write down each resource's name and make a note of how many divisions, chapters, lessons, readings, etc., that you might want to use from that resource during the year. If you want to complete all of that resource's divisions during Term 1, then write the total number in the column under Term 1. If you want to split it out evenly between Term 1 and Term 2, write how many divisions you want to cover in each term's column. And if you want to spread out that resource and use it all year, split its divisions evenly between all three terms. This step of the planning process is not difficult, but doing it can give you a great overview of how you plan to use your resources during the year and how you can break that year into manageable chunks. When you look at your plans at this stage, you can get a good feel for whether you are overloading one term or slacking off in another term. Planning your terms also lays a great foundation for figuring out how many days per week you'll need to do each subject. And that's the next step. Step four is planning your week. Some Charlotte Mason subjects work well if done once a week. Those subjects are usually picture study, music study, nature study, handcrafts, or art instruction. But how many days per week should I do science? And what about history? Well, here's how to figure out the answer to those questions. You could try to follow exactly the schedules that Charlotte used in her classrooms, doing each subject the same number of days that she did. But please don't feel handcuffed to her six days a week plan. You don't have to replicate her schedule exactly in order to give your children a rich Charlotte Mason education. The atmosphere of your home is important, and you can use Charlotte's wonderful principles and brilliant methods in a schedule that fits your unique family best during your current season of life. So grab that list or chart that you made in step three when you planned the terms and look at what you wrote down for just term one. We'll concentrate on one term at a time. Look at all the resources you have listed for history during that one term. Total up the number of divisions. Remember, those are chapters, lessons, modules, however you're dividing that resource. Total up the number of divisions that you've written down for that term in all of your history resources combined. So let's say you're planning term one and you have three history books listed in that term. Calculate the total number of chapters or readings listed for those books. Let's say there are 12 chapters in one book, 15 in another, and nine in the third book. Well, if you add those together, you get 36 chapters in all for history that term. Now all you need to do is divide that total number of chapters by the number of weeks in your term, 12 weeks. 36 divided by 12, the answer would be three. That number tells you that you need to do history three times each week if you're gonna read one chapter each time in order to complete all the chapters you have listed. And you can do the same thing for each of the other subjects. Calculate each subject's total divisions 
and divide that total by 12, the number of weeks in your term. Your answer will tell you how many days per week to do that subject. Now here's a handy tip. If your answer is not a whole number, round it up to the next whole number. For example, if your answer is 3.62, that would become 4, 4 days per week. Or if your answer is 0.3, then do that one one day per week. Once you know how many days per week you need to do each subject, all you have to do is decide which days of the week to do them. There's a weekly schedule chart on our site that will help you organize that part. It's a free download. I'll leave a link to it in the notes. Print that chart and, very important, write in any outside commitments you have first. Co-ops or recurring doctor appointments or church activities. When you have those outside commitments visually plugged in, it's easier to fit your school subjects around them and avoid overloading one particular day of the week. So if you've determined that you need to do history four days a week, then write that subject under four of the days. Picture study is usually done one day per week, so pop that one under one of the days. You can choose which day works best for your family. You get the idea. Do the same thing for all of your family subjects and your individual subjects. Now remember, the only subjects that have to be taught individually are math, language arts, and the upper-level sciences. At this point, don't worry about the order in which you're listing the subjects under each day. We'll tackle that in the next step. Right now, just get those subjects spread out over your week in a way that will help you accomplish your selected resources without overloading one particular day. Once that step is done, you'll find it much easier to plan a daily schedule. And that's the final step. Step five, your day. Before you start arranging your daily schedule, take just a minute to consider your comfort zone. Are you the type of person who likes to run her day according to the clock? Are you most comfortable knowing exactly what time you should move on to the next item in the day? Then your comfort zone is using a timetable to schedule your day. A timetable looks something like this. 8.30 math, 8.50 history, 9.15 geography, etc. And Charlotte Mason used a timetable approach in her school's classrooms. If, however, running your day by the clock stresses you out, your comfort zone is probably using a time box approach instead. Don't feel guilty. Charlotte didn't have to deal with new babies and laundry and preschoolers disrupting her school day. With a time box approach, you simply divide your day into blocks of time, time boxes, and determine which subjects you want to accomplish during each block. For example, you might have a before breakfast time box in which you want to have the children do their morning chores. And then the between breakfast and lunch time box, you want to accomplish history, math, picture study, copy work, and typing. 
and then have an after-lunch time box, etc. And in case you're wondering, yes, you can still do short lessons with a time box approach. Simply set the timer when you're ready to begin the lesson, anytime within that time box. When the timer dings, that lesson's done. The main difference is that it doesn't matter whether you start that lesson at 9.30 or at 10.08. You simply make sure you do it sometime during that time box. So once you have found your comfort zone, timetables or time boxes, make a simple chart with your students' names across the top and your timetable or time boxes down the side. Now look at your weekly schedule that you created in Step 4. All you have to do is transfer the subjects that are listed under Monday to a Monday daily schedule, arranging them as you like. Then transfer Tuesday's subjects to a Tuesday daily schedule, and so on until you have a daily schedule for each day of your school week. It's up to you whether that schedule is laid out in 15-minute increments or flexible time boxes. Do what works best at this season of your family's life. One final tip. Keep in mind that whether you use time boxes or a timetable, your students will find it easier to pay full attention if you put your subjects in a sequence that allows them to use different parts of the brain as they go through the day. Alternate a heavy concentration subject with a lighter one. Follow a word-heavy subject with a hands-on subject or art or math. That little technique will go a long way toward making your days run smoother. There you have it, planning your Charlotte Mason education in five steps. As with any DIY project, you don't have to complete it all in one day. Take breaks between the steps if you would like to. The Build Your Own Curriculum section on our website contains lots of free ideas and book lists and charts and suggestions and links that will help you walk through the process. We also have available a book and DVD set called Planning Your Charlotte Mason Education. And that will walk you through the entire process that I've outlined today. It is full of convenient, ready-to-use charts, sample schedules, and descriptions and topic ideas for each school subject. If either of those resources would be helpful to you, you can find the links in the show notes. Creating a customized plan to fit your family isn't that hard with a little work and the five simple steps that we've covered today. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. By the way, did you know that you can tell Siri or your Echo or Google device to play the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast? Give it a try. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.